Welcome to the podcast for the First United Methodist Church, located in Round Rock, Texas. This week, Pastor Brad Britton has a very special Mother's Day message about us being branches and Jesus being the vine. Pastor Brad also reminds us that only good fruit can come from healthy branches attached to a good vine. We need each other to support each other. Maybe this past week you've been the person supporting someone else, and maybe this past week you've been the one that's been held up by by others, but we are branches and we are called to produce fruit. You know, it's a simple prayer. God, would you use me today to share your love and grace with others and help me to be receptive to that and open to that? We have a word for people that get invited to sit in that empty chair of support and encouragement. It's It's called a disciple, and Jesus simply defined a disciple as someone who loves others just as he or she has been loved by the vine. And so to all the moms today, all the women who have served as moms to others as well, to all of you, thank you. Thank you for bearing fruit and being the kind of people that might one day get a note that says, would you you sit in the seat that my mom would have sat in? It is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day uh, to everyone. Give everybody a hand. Our youngest son, Andrew, is home uh, for the summer from from college. And you may remember the slide I showed a few weeks ago of the trip that he and his friends took to New Mexico. And um, they had driven a couple of miles after getting gas and the uh, hose was still in the car. And they were doing 70-something miles an hour. So the joke was, how many Aggies does it take to fill up a car with gas? And I said, apparently more than five, because, Andrew, why don't you stand up so they can recognize you? Andrew? A proud mom, mother, happy Mother's Day. This is nothing to do with the sermon at all. So let's pray. Move on. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the gift of each other, the gift of today. Uh, We thank you for all the moms who have cared for us, nurtured us, and for the women in our lives that may have served as moms to us. Now, help us hear word of hope and grace and love and what you say to us today. In Christ's name, amen. Jesus liked to uh, speak in parables and stories, and he would often use the everyday images of everyday life, and he loved the agricultural-type stories. If you remember the parable of the sower, uh, he talked about a farmer going out to sow seeds, and he would uh, toss seeds. Some fell on the path, some in the rocky ground, some in the thorns, and some landed on the good soil and, and produced uh, he, he told a story also about a, a vineyard, and there was a, a landowner that had this vineyard, and he was gathering workers for the day, day laborers. They would gather early in the morning, and they'd go and hire them for the day. The first group he gathered uh, at 6 a.m., then 9 o'clock, noon, 3, 5 o'clock. Now, the workday ended at 6, 5 o'clock, he gathered more workers to go out, and he he agreed to the same wage for everyone. 
At the end of the story, they're all there to collect their paycheck. Now, how'd you like to be the 6 a.m. worker standing next to the 5 p.m. worker and you get paid the same? That is not fair. Where is HR? I'm going straight to HR. That is not fair. I worked all day, and the one who worked one hour gets the same. And obviously, the point of that parable is that God's grace is available to anybody, anytime, anywhere even if it's at the last minute. And so we love these, these stories. And, and today the image is that of a vine and branches. Now, uh, Jesus had several I am statements where he would say, I am, fill in the blank. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the last of the I am statements is, I am the true vine. I am the vine. Now, in this uh, 15th chapter of John, he's very clear about who is who. He said, I'm the vine, God is the vine grower, and you are the branches. And the branches cannot live and survive if they're not connected to the vine. Branches cannot produce fruit if they're not connected to the vine. And so, of course, you and I, we're the branches. And the neat thing about branches is they sometimes uh, interconnect. You ever see branches that kind of weave together and you can't tell where one ends and the other begins? And, and that's what it's like being a part of a family, being a part of a church. We need each other to support each other. Maybe this past week you've been the person supporting someone else, and maybe this past week you've been the one that's been held up by, by others, but we are branches, and we are called to produce fruit. You know, you think about uh, vineyards. Anybody ever been to a vineyard, winery? It's okay. Raise your hand. Stop. Stop. Just raise your hand. It's fine. I could see it. It was all over you. <laughs> Several years ago, Alicia and I took the boys to California to visit her cousin, Angie, and Greg, her husband. And Greg was big time into uh, to wine, and in, in their home actually had almost an entire wall that was a refrigerator about six feet high, and he had all these different wines, and he knew a lot about it. And part of our trip... He arranged a private wine tasting in Napa Valley. So can you imagine me walking into a private wine tasting in Napa Valley? Talk about out of place, right? Well, we, we go to this beautiful room, and inside it's just us, and there's this other couple from England, these wonderful people, and they're sitting next to me, and the, the, the guy's doing the tasting, and gets to the last bottle, pours the glass, and says, yeah, this one's $300 a bottle. And he looks at me. He said, would you like for me to have a couple of these boxed up and shipped to your home? And I said, no, thank you. I would like some more of that cheese, though. Can I get another? And it was, it was interesting learning about the process of how they grow the grapes. 
and the pruning that has to happen, the meticulous care. And sometimes it would take three or more years for these grapes to even be at the point of producing what is necessary for that quality of wine. And, and he talked about pruning. Well, in this passage, Jesus talked about God, the vine grower, pruning the things in us that need to be pruned so that we can bear fruit. Our house was being finished last summer, and we were about to move in, and it was the last stage, and our realtor gave us the blue tape and said, walk around and put a little piece of blue tape wherever you see something that needs correcting. So the painter was in there finishing up some touch-up where I felt so bad because, you know, I was like, this guy's working, and I, I had to go up. You know, I, on the rare occasion, I actually saw something that someone else didn't see that was... And I'd put the tape there, and I'd look over, and I'm, sorry, I'm so sorry. You know, here's another one. Oh, oh, here's another one. God is the vine grower, and God prunes. You and I are not tasked with pruning other people. You ever go through a week, and you feel like you've been pruned? You know? This God is the vine grower, Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And so we live together in community where we bear fruit together in community. But we get our life and grace from the vines. That's where it comes from. Now, just as it takes the, the grapes a long time to grow and mature, it's the same thing with with learning how to be a disciple, it's, it's a process of, of learning to become less self-centered and more, more focused in love on others. And, and it happens bit by bit. The British cycling team used to be the laughingstock of professional cycling. In fact, they had not won a gold medal in over 100 years had never won the Tour de France, and so they decided to hire a guy named Dave Brailsford to be the performance director for the cycling team. And so he, he implemented something called uh, the aggregate of marginal gains. And what that meant is if we could get 1% better in everything that it takes to build a cycling team, then the aggregate of that would improve our team. So you can imagine they looked at the clothing they wore, the type of seats they were sitting on, adjustments to the bike. They even made an adjustment in the massage gel that was used to get the best performance from that. The cyclists would travel with their own mattresses and pillows that were specialized so they got the best night's sleep. They hired a surgeon to come in and train them on how to wash their hands so that they could have less chance of getting sick and missing time. In the inside part of the truck that carried the bikes, they painted it white on the inside so that they could see the dust better to eliminate the dust, that finely tuned. Well, they did all these changes, and they went from zero Tour de France wins to between 2012 and 2018, they won six out of seven. And multiple gold medals and world records, all from 1% here, 1% there. 
that's really true in our spiritual lives too. You know, it's, it's the little things that, that add up. One of those things is, is coming to worship. You, you know, just being here today is a, is a factor. It makes a difference. Prayer, just taking time to be quiet and not to think of God as this divine Santa Claus to get whatever I want, but to maybe, maybe pray a prayer of how can I be of service to someone today, that, that kind of prayer. But it's all connected to the, the vine. There's a story of a man that walked into a stone cathedral in the 19th century in Europe. And you can imagine this beautiful cathedral. Uh, it had a world-famous organ there in the cathedral. And this man, just dressed like an everyday person, walks in, and the sexton for the cathedral noticed he was there and asked him what he was doing. He said, well, I just came to see the organ. Do you mind if I go up and sit on the bench? And the sexton said, well, really can't do that. The, the organist would be upset. And well, he talked his way up to the bench. He's sitting on the bench. Then the next step was, can you open the console so I can see the, the keys? And sure enough, he talked his way into that. And then finally, he just, just flat out asked, can I play it? Now, this is, you can imagine. And the sexton said, no, absolutely not. No way. Well, it was very convincing because a few minutes later, he was allowed to play, and he played the most beautiful music. The sexton was blown away. So after he finished playing that, that organ for 10, 15 minutes, the man got up and was walking outside, and the sexton stopped him. He said, sir, who are you? I have never heard such beautiful music. Who are you? And he said, my name is Mendelssohn one of the greatest composers and organists. And the sexton thought to himself, Mendelssohn was sitting there at my organ, and I almost didn't let him play his music. How many times have we lived through a week and not allowed the vine to play his music through us? You know, it's a simple prayer. God, would you use me today to share your love and grace with others and help me to be receptive to that and open to that? that? That's it. It's not you or me doing the work. It's the vine working through the, the branches. There's a wonderful story about a teacher named Miss Jean Thompson and like all teachers, she said the right things, which is, I love all my students the same. Right, teachers? Yeah, sure. No, you don't. No, you're a human being. You connect with others differently, and we, we like to think we just love everybody. That's not reality. There's sometimes certain students just get on our nerves. Am I right? I mean, yeah. Well, she had one of these students, Teddy Stollard, and every time she'd grade his paper in elementary school, when she got to a spot on the sheet, when she'd do the X, she did it with a particular flair, you know, almost felt good, Teddy. Here's another one. Actually, feels good. 
Well, she should have known better because each year after each grade, they pass on the records. And after first grade, the notes on Teddy was that he struggled. Good student, but was struggling and beginning to show signs of needing some help. And second grade, the note said, tough home life. His mom is terminally ill. Third grade, Teddy is really struggling. His mother has passed away and his father is distant and removed. Well, it came time for the Christmas presents, and you know how the students will bring the presents to the teachers, and uh, they began the class, and one by one, they came up to her desk and brought presents, and some of them were just beautifully wrapped in these beautiful presents. And Teddy's turn, though, he comes up, and there's a, a brown paper bag, a little disheveled, and he, he brings it up to her desk, and she opens the the paper bag, and it's a, it's an old uh, rhinestone bracelet that's missing most of the stones and a cheap bottle of perfume with just a little perfume. So she has enough sense to at least open it up and puts the perfume on her wrist and the bracelet and thanks him. All the other students had left the class, and it was just Teddy and Miss Thompson, and before he left, he, he went up to her desk and he said, Miss Thompson, do you know that all day today you smelled like my mom? And I hope you like my presence. He left the room and he just, she just bowed her face into her hands and just wept. All the things she thought about him and it all came full circle that here was a kid in desperate need. And so the next day it was a new Miss Thompson. She began to look at everybody differently. She began to see that everybody has a tough life and, and most of the time we're just doing the best we can and to give a little grace. And so she, she became a different teacher. Well, Teddy moved on, and years later, Miss Thompson received a note in the mail. Miss Thompson, I'm graduating high school, and I wanted you to be the first to know. Love, Teddy Stollard. A few years later, she received another note. Miss Thompson, I graduated third in my class at the university. It was not easy, but I made it. Wanted you to know, love, Teddy Stollard. A few more years passed, and she got another letter in the mail. Mrs. Thompson, I wanted you to be the first to know that I've graduated, and I am now Theodore, not Teddy, Theodore, Stollard, M.D. And I wanted you to know, and I also wanted you to know that I'm getting married July 27th. And I would like to invite you to sit in the chair that my mother would have sat in. And she did. You know, we have a word for that in the church. We have a word for people that it 
get invited to sit in that empty chair of support and encouragement. It's, it's called a disciple. And Jesus simply defined a disciple as someone who loves others just as he or she has been loved by the vine. And so to all the moms today, all the women who have served as moms to others as well, to all of you, thank you. Thank you for bearing fruit and being the kind of people that might one day get a note that says, would you, would you sit in the seat that my mom would have sat in? Let's pray. God, help us to remember that you are the vine grower and that you can trim things in our lives and shape us and mold us. And that sometimes it is painful as we grow into becoming less self-centered and more focused on others. But we know that if we stay connected to the vine, the living presence of Christ, that you can do anything through us. You can help us to forgive what was once thought unforgivable. You can help us to have courage when we felt none. And together as we, the branches, are your church, we thank you for bearing fruit through us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon series podcast from First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. For more information, you can find us online at fumc-rr.org or find us on social media at F-U-M-C-R-R.